Well, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. It's uh, that time of the week again where I bring together the big guns. It can only be one fella coming in. Of course that's Rocket. Same to you, music. Uh, Rocket, hello, how are you? Very good, thank you. Very good. Mate, we were just uh, briefly touching base uh, there and... um, You've had a few dramas, which we might uh, just give everyone you know, a little bit of a reality check about the life of the Rocket Man up there. We we laugh at uh, your, your gardening esca- escapades, but uh, you've been on high alert gardening duty, so we'll come back to that. But uh, our new, a new uh, you know, semi-regular, it's a big event, so we bring the big guns out for the big events. Uh, Magic Mike Caridi, how are you, Mike? Very well, thanks. Very well indeed. I think I might have uh, finally picked uh, one of my 50-50 tips uh, last week, maybe... Um, maybe Mike, uh, did you did you keep a note of my um, top Scotsman tip? Your top Scotsman was good. Your top, uh, I think it was top Irishman. I couldn't actually find the market on it. I found top GB and Ireland, but Paddy Paddy Harrington no good. But it certainly was a uh, a tournament to steer clear from. I think if you were looking to find a winner. Well, for those of you that might uh, just drop in and drop out of the mile of golf, firstly drop in more often than dropping out because uh, big things happening. Don't worry about that. Mike is, uh, otherwise known as Magic Mike, is the um, the phenom in the uh, the tipster stakes and he's, uh, you know, joins the team as official uh, tipping tipster manager. And uh, if you remember last week, I tipped uh, the top Scotsman. It was a choice of two. I went with, uh, who did I go with? I can't even remember the choice too. Rusty, uh, Rusty Knox. I went with Rusty I Knox. Was, I thought it was Marty Laird, wasn't it? I don't know. There's only two. I've got a 50% chance. I've got a 50% chance to get it right. I can't even remember. But I think I brought Rusty Rusty Knox back in and and won and uh, missed out on the top Irishman. Patrick Harrington let me down there. But uh, as you you said, Mike, it probably wasn't a great one for the tipsters. How did did the tipsters fare? My my very, very, very long odds, I think about 160 to 1, Ben Martin was nowhere. He played the worst golf he's played in a while. So that was a good investment by myself. And Rocket took... Ian Poulter, who yeah, was a sneaky pick. Yeah. He, was, he was doing all right after 36, yeah. and then he just went. Yeah, I think I think like uh, like we were just saying before, I think a lot of the players took a little bit of uh, Brooks's mentality on Congaree and playing at the Palmetto, and that is if I'm going to need to be here, I'll be here, and then when I need to be concentrating on next week, I'll concentrate on next week. And I think Brooks specifically said that when he walked off after missing the cut was that he just couldn't get the speed of the greens and uh, he was really just getting excited and really starting to think about next week and just couldn't get involved. Well, uh, do you think he'll? Do you think he's ready for this week? How, how, do, you, how do we? How are we, we seeing him there? Don't know. So it's a, the, fun, the funny, all his major wins or the ones where he performs well, historically he's played like the week before or the tournament he's played before. He's like finished in that top 10 bracket. Like it's almost like he's just sharpening the sword. The, the PGA at, at Kiwa threw that completely out the window because he hasn't played in like a month. He just rolled up with a still bung knee and – you know, got to the finish, got near the finish line. So is, is Tory going to be another one where it could be the same because it's kind of probably geared to him actually more than anything long, just it's going to be attrition, war of attrition, and he's probably going to be thereabouts. 
I uh, I should have realised before I sort of said, how do you think you'll go, that I would have let you off the leash there a little bit and started to talk about the US Open and Brooks uh, before finishing off and, and rightly giving justice to the, the winner of uh, the Palmetto last week at Congaree. Um, we talked about Congaree. We didn't know much about the course, still probably don't, but the we sort of chipped the commentators for saying, oh, it's a bit sandbelt-like, and they were saying, you know, I'd expect an Aussie to do well. It didn't look sandbeltish, but it looked it looked more... I could see maybe why someone might draw a little bit of a bow to something to do because there was bunkers and there was, you know, it was flattish and there was sandy wastelands. It was a bit, a little bit more Peninsula Kingswoody, so the more traditional sandbelt, I would have thought. Thoughts on the course? Uh, I don't know because I didn't have power. Well, <laughs> we did say we did say that, uh, and, and Rocket, who is the resident um, gardening expert, you know, if you haven't, uh, there's there's in golf in Australia, there's gardening expert sort of grandmaster level, and that's Mark Leishman. And that crown is very much held by Mark Leishman. And, you know, we bow to Mark Leishman in terms of his um, just absolute... Um, he's Yoda. The Yoda. The, 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 we, we bow to Mark's um, craftsmanship on the, uh, the grass, and then we go to Rocket. And he is the font in this team. He's got, what is it, Husqvarna? Husky, yeah. Hus- Husqvarna right on, what is it, 22 horsepower or something like that? What are we talking, what sort of powerage? I don't know. It's just one of their entry model ones. Okay. Well, yeah. And then, what have we got? Any other cutting implements in this in the uh, stable? Have we got like a Scott Bonner? Are we doing any of that sort of stuff? No, I haven't quite gone to that level because um, I have to do a lot more soil work to get it to that stage because it's still a bit too much clay base. Okay. I well, um, been aerating. Long and the short. Uh, long and the short of it is stuff in it yet. Long and the short of it is that Rocket's got more land out there to to curate than half a suburb down here where uh, I live and where Mike lives. And he spends a fair bit of time up there, but there's been some tragic and, and horrendous storms that have gone through uh, that part of the world where Rocket lives. So he's been fairly um, stuck in the garden, cleaning up. He's got his generator power. He's had no power. He's been living living the I'm life that, you, that you've seen uh, on the news around the world. Um, massive or storms. as my kids would say, oh, is this what it was like in the olden days? Absolutely. Candles. <laughs> so, Rocket, you didn't see much of the golf, and uh, so um, you're you're off the hook, um, Mike. I only saw bits and pieces this week. It did. It, look, it's hard for me to get my head around even thinking about it being close to a sandbelt course with just so much water on it. Mm. When you're seeing all that water, it just for me it just screams um, something more like a resort course. Than oh, anything it else. wasn't. Didn't it? Ra- it rained like in, in the second, third round. So, so. Obviously, the podcast that I listen to. So apparently, the course when it plays normal is like rock hard, hmm. rock yep. hard. So I think round the first round, I think it was closer to what it was normally is for the members. But they even say the members reckon it's actually firmer and faster than what the pros play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, and that I think that's what they when they talk about that getting it on the ground and letting it roll and playing for the slopes and break. Then that's certainly what they they'd want to be seeing. But they de- definitely didn't get it this week. Well, um, let's let's talk about just uh, some of the performances from the Aussies. A uh, couple of couple of people up there that uh, performed that we might otherwise have not really talked about too much. Um, but also the winner, Garrick Higo. What do you know about Garrick Higo, uh, Mike? 
Uh, he's someone that uh, probably a lot of people that bet golf have started to get a lean to in the last few months, purely on his the basis that he's he's won a few times on the Euro Tour, been beating up some light fields in in the European Tour uh, this year. Uh, not to take it away from, he's now one of the PGA Tours, so nothing ever to complain about there. But um, he's one that sort of I think a few people were really looking at. I'm, I'm pretty sure he played the PGA, and a few people were looking at him there as a sneaky pick that could run a top twenty. Uh, now he's come out and um, he stood strong while a few others around him uh, fell away. And I did see, uh, I can't remember who reported it, but uh, it might have been in the Twitter sphere and you guys probably picked up on it. I can't remember the second player, um, getting old, um, but they he sort of said, uh, we've been waiting and putting all of this, uh, waiting all this time for Tyrrell Hatton to win in, not Tyrrell Hatton, sorry, um, Jeepers Weepers. Uh, uh, Oh, no, Tom, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, we've yeah. been waiting all this time for Fleetwood to win and, uh, you know, wondering when that was going to happen and Higo comes along and just uh, goes bang, bang. It's quite yeah. quite amazing that, uh, that 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 is a fact. And, and there's another play, a European player that they referred to as, you know, being a long time on the, on the PGA Tour or playing in America, haven't won, and then Higo yep. comes across and just does it. Yeah, it's, it's a – it was – Look, for someone like that who's, I mean, they always say winning form is good form and he's probably made that stand up. If you if you look at the, the tournaments that he's won so far and the fields he's been playing in, not taking anything away from it, but they're not PGA Tour standard. So to come over and then I think it's his second start on the PGA Tour, no matter who fell away around him, to be able to hold your nerve and close with three under and and be there, at the, be there right at the end and, and take the chocolates, it's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a really good feat. You want an interesting stat? Go for it. His three wins this year, all three events have been those one event that had no history and just made out of nothing because of other traditional venues, venues being cancelled due to COVID. Yeah. What were, that, what were those so, events? What, what events were they? Uh, the, two, the two that happened in um, – they played a, the same course um, – Oh, I can't remember the location. She had the Canary Islands and the Grand Canaria open. Oh, yep. And then you've got this one, which is the Palmetto, which was supposed to be the Canadian Open. So they're replacements. So he'll be the first and only ever winner of those events. I'll take that. He'll be yeah. the lifetime defending champion. <laughs> I'd take I'd take that. Uh, at, 22, I think, at 22 years old, I'd take that comfortably. Have a look at uh, some of the other, um, other performances there. That we put one person we like to talk about a lot, Tyrrell Hatton. Yeah, I like to see my man Tyrrell getting a little bit of form. Mm, he needs to find some. He's sort of he's dipped off in the last sort of twelve months. Interested to see what Mike says about uh, you know where he might fare coming up this week. Uh, who else? Who else was up there? Hudson Swafford. Yeah, okay. Uh, Pat Perez, <laughs> the Rockets' favourite, loves Pat Perez. Uh, DJ T- DJ just. Slow fall away at the end. Yeah. Mm. Um, anybody else stand out for you, Rocket, in the – or Mike in, uh, the, in the results there? Rian Gibson, top Australian. Yeah. Was that tied for the 25th? Yeah. Yep. There we go. With, with yeah. Pultz. Rusty Knox yeah, tied it's, for it's, it's, a, it's, a hard, it's a hard one to try and – because it's like, like it's not an event that you would kind of see other players playing in prior to a US Open – there's a really strange course, not, uh, and it's and it's again this year's been really hard to try and gauge form because a lot of players are just 
sporadically playing in events. There's no continuity coming in. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a tough one. I think we talked about it last week. Um, I, I remember listening to, I think it was Harold Varner, the thirds podcast who's talking with Kevin Kisner about this tournament. And he was saying, coming from South Carolina over to, um, you know, San Diego in a couple of days that they were hoping the the tournament or the PGA itself was going to put on a charter flight. So it's a tough, it's a tough lead up. And I'm back to, back to someone like Brooks. I mean, Brooks was, I'm assuming that that Mayweather fight that he was at this week was in Vegas. So he was in Vegas for a, for a boxing match. I thought that was a week before. Yeah. So that was, that's what I mean. So he's gone from a boxing match late that week, then shot over to, South Carolina. So South Carolina. So Vegas is South Carolina. Missed the cut and flying over now back to San Diego. So interesting lead up. Uh, for the guys that are just playing this tournament to start with, to decide that that's where you want to play in the schedule, let alone to throw in a boxing match somewhere in a, just before, is it's a bit of a bit of a weird one. Okay, well, that's uh, Ryan Gibson. Aaron Badley. Aaron Badley uh, was the other Aussie. And then we gave a shout-out to Mark Hensby. Tragic, oh, tragic, tragic situation for the old hens from Tamworth. The old uh, Cessnock kid used to stay with the Mitchell family. Spot Mitchell uh, was was in my dad's ear pre-tournament saying, Hensby's in. My dad had a the winning, uh, not the winning, but my dad had a, a betting slip for Mark Hensby, you know, like the um, Hideki Matsuyama one that he, he sent me a picture of it. He said, I'm on Hensby. Spot's been in my ear. And then he withdraws after getting a 10-shot penalty for hitting, playing the wrong ball. Did you get? Did you catch that? No. Is that what he did? I knew yeah, he, he, yeah, he played Pat Perez's ball that oh. was on the practice range for like the first like five holes. So his caddy picks up a, one of Pat Perez's balls on the putting, putting green by mistake. Um, he has to take a drop. His caddy throws him Pat Perez's ball. He takes a drop, starts playing with that, realises five holes later that the – Titleist that he was playing with, which ostensibly was probably the same Titleist that he was already playing with, wasn't his ball or something like that. It was a Pro V1X and a Pro V1 or something like that. I don't know. Um, but it wasn't his ball. It was Pat Perez's, and he copped the 10-shot penalty. Um, no good. It's a woozy British Open. Uh, too many clubs in the bag. Uh, mistake that one. Oh, well, there's, you know, talking about Mark Hensby in our junior days, well, that was a I, I suffered that fate uh, in a junior tournament. I used to carry my little Aussie Pickworth nine iron as my chipping club because my chipping has perennially been bad when I was 12, when I'm 22, 42. Um, so I carried an Aussie Pickworth chipping club and it fell down the, the, the hole in the bag and was right down the bottom. The kid I was playing with went through my bag and found the 15th club stuck down the bottom of the bag because it was like a kid's club. It was it was short. It didn't hang over the top. So mm. I don't know how it got in. I think my, I was carrying it for my brother at the time. And uh, and and I, I copped that. I, oh, I was nearly in tears. Yeah. Sad day. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about my junior uh, lack of triumph. Um, we're here to talk about the US Open. Um, Tory Pines. What do we remember about Tory Pines? When was the last time we were at Tory Pines? The, fi- the famous Tiger V... The, um, Rocco Mediate. The, uh, the, uh, ACL, ACL cup. Yes. Everyone remembers that. I remember being at work in, in, uh, Mercedes Benz and even people that had not the foggiest about golf were up and about, about Tiger back then. Like no care about 
but they, everyone just knew about Tiger Woods and knew about the knee and knew about the the replay and all that sort of thing. It was a it was a great week for golf then. You you guys remember it? Oh, oh that represented almost like the tail end of this little five year stretch where I sort of had nothing to do with golf whatsoever, and I would watch it watch certain tournaments sparingly and stuff like that. And then watching family and I were in Sydney, we're staying at, I can't remember the hotel, but it was up from the Coogee Bay hotel. So we're in the, in the foyer area and there was big TV on and they had the um, third round on just on the TV. And it was just, just sitting there on watching it and it was just captivating, absolutely captivating. And it, and I feel like to that that US Open, just Tiger alone, almost like drew me back in into the into the game again because it was like you've got this Titan who is obviously really injured and battling through complete pain and still contending and throwing haymaker after haymaker, and it was just. I, I thought it was one of those things, and the unfortunate thing is that, that that was obviously his last major win till 2019. But you know, it still looks you got you look back on it and just think about the, all the things that make Tiger Tiger is his mental strength that was on full display over four days, like. I had a torn ACL and had a broken fibula. Like, come on. <laughs> Who plays golf? Who can play golf at a high level and and walk and work their way through that pain? Like, I, come on. There's no – I couldn't walk. I mean, it's not a super hilly course. I couldn't walk that course with that injury, let alone for four days swinging a golf club. No you chance. You think it's his leg, right? Yeah. It's, it's his left leg where basically it's all the all – the, yeah, there's one thing to sort of you can kind of um, probably negate a little bit of the backswing, but when you're coming through, you, you everything is yeah you, you have to you have to lean into that left side like to do that for but not for 72 holes for 90 no sorry correction 92 holes because there was because they went a playoff I think it was one or two holes extra holes crazy it's crazy. Mike, were, were you um, punting back then? Were you following the form and doing all that back uh, in 2011? I was. Uh, I can't remember who I bet, which is uh, – but I'd be willing to tell you now that I wouldn't have bet Tiger because he would have been the favourite. So it's one of those ones where I sort of steer away from the short odds, but I definitely would have been betting. It's a whole different world back then to bet. Uh, when you wanted to bet on the – before, obviously, uh, you're looking at having handheld devices where you can – open up your TAB account, you physically had to go to a TAB, go to their television screen and flick through the keyboard to look up a six-digit number to fill in a ticket to put it through the machine. So it was it was hard yards. The turnover now would be substantially more just through ease of use, I think. When did um, you know, betting on golf really start to take off? It wouldn't have been that long ago. So, I mean, realistically, 
it would have people that people that love golf would always bet it if you were if you if you're a gambler or you bet on horses or you bet on any AFL or anything else and you like golf you bet on golf so that sort of really has always happened but you would have to say in the last ten years is when golf and and really substantially kicked off and that's just purely from ease of use yeah. the last I'd say the last two years it would have extrapolated out a game because people that don't even know golf will bet on golf because people will just bet on anything now. Yeah, so as soon as soon as soon as the likes of your sport bet through bet three six five, all those guys, as soon as they had apps, as soon as you could get it in your hand and it was easy, um, that's when it really took off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's still not something that uh, that I'm involved with nor do. Um, but uh, just wise decision. I don't, yeah. Like a, this isn't when this isn't. We're not trying to turn this into a gambling podcast. Absolutely mm. not. We, you know, Mike's um, Mike's here for his tipping and statistical prowess. Um, but and it's I'm just, here just because I'm a loose unit. Well, <laughs> for the rocket, uh, and thanks to Pultz for his um, story share tonight. Uh, the rocketisms. You're here for rocketisms. You're here. You're here for. You're here, you're here for this rocket. You're here for this. Just you'll, you'll hear that for Def Leppard. Um, but uh, everyone that I, not everyone I know, but most people I know have a bet on golf. Mm. Especially the majors. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this one. So I've got a uh, WhatsApp chat with a few senior people at work and they're waiting for me to fire in my tips and stuff like that. Yep. All oh, right. So... So this is this is very good because you know I know I think I know a couple of people that Rocket might be talking about, uh, um, maybe one in particular, and uh, so this is good. You know, this is they're giving you, you know, the okay to to to, to get involved with uh, the podcast. Maybe Palo Alto Network networks, and so, you know, there's a blank space here. <laughs> oh dear, no, we joke. No, of course, we're totally totally sponsorless here. And we'll remain so until we get a sponsor. Um, hey, I've been shilling for years, Ross. Yes. You know, I'll keep going. <laughs> you've you've been very. Uh, I've been quiet, haven't you've I? You've been quiet I've on the TaylorMade front, and they've they've yeah. released some great products. And you know, you, you you got a couple of dozen balls there at one stage, and yeah. Yeah, and then we went into lockdown because I couldn't use them. Yeah, jeez. Uh, Mike, that's a, about as much as I can um, promise you, mate. If you if you want to throw a couple of plugs in someone's way, they may uh, send you a dozen golf balls. But that's about it. There's no. I, I actually get all my golf balls from Drummond Golf in the city. I know a bloke that works there, so that's where I do all my shopping. He, he must be a good fellow. That fellow, cheapest <laughs> weepers works there. Just one of the workers is he? Just uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just one of the. I sent him. I sent him out on the floor. Yeah, I, I see the I see the owner down there a fair bit, and he's usually got a mop <laughs> in his hand. He's usually taking out the rubbish. Uh, he's usually probably dealing with a bit of uh, riffraff out the back. You, you know, um, he's he's a good fellow. Yep. Uh, anyway, let's get back to the golf. So, what are we feeling for the US Open this week? Feeling like it's going to be hopefully a hopefully a, a good week just for the cream of the crop coming out. I think it's one of those ones that's a, for me so far just looking at the, the form and the odds and everything else because the course is one that they, they as much as they haven't played the US Open there or a major there in a long time, they play there every year. So they play there every year for the farmer's insurance in Jan. So it's going to be a 
bit different because it's summertime, so it's going to be a bit drier and be running a little bit hotter and the rough will be up like the US Open always is. Um, but I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing the key guys, the big names, really fighting it out. I'd love to see. I'd love to see three or four really big names there right right up there on Sunday afternoon would be great. And who are those three or four big names that you're expecting that will be in that upper bracket? Um, I've done a fair bit of work this week. I've done a lot of work this week. I've listened to a lot of um, interviews and things, and so I've tried to – I tried to have a look at it from a slightly different angle because I think everyone knows that it's going to be hard and fast and the rough will be up. So effectively I've tried to find people that I think are going to be hitting the ball uh, off the tee pretty well, obviously, and, and in the fairways is going to be beneficial and longer be great. So that's two things I'd want to see. Anyone who's going to scramble well, so you're going to be in the rough at some point, anything around the green that's going to be able to get up and down is going to be awesome. Up down with their wedge. Yep, definitely. Or a foot. Yeah, free drop without anyone knowing. <laughs> yes, foot wedge. Um, and something like some stats that are a bit random. So something that I'm looking at this week is is the bogey avoidance stat. So you, they get ranked on how how well you avoid making bogey. So if you're good at that, then there's a good chance you're going to have a better number. With the, the target score, the, the superintendent spoke with um, Andy on Friday last week, I think it was, and and I think that they'd love to see single figures under par as the as the winning score. Um, so for me, the guys that I'm picking up the pointy end, the top the top three that are probably in the in the you know the best players in the world, um, my number one picks Patrick Cantlay. So I think he he fits pretty well. He's second uh, ranked in scrambling, fourth in bogey avoidance. Those two stats that I talked about, and he's the top fifteen ranked in strokes gained off the tee and, and ball striking. So. He's someone that seems to fit pretty well. He got his, I'll say, he got his win at the COVID Cup. He 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 fell in after after Ram went away. Uh, and then the other two that I like right up the top is one's the favourite, who's John Ram. I mean, he's absolutely his his uh, history here at this course is second to none. Uh, he's I think he's la- he's had last five starts here have been seventh, second, fifth, 29th, and a win. So if you're having four out of your last five starts in the top seven, that's pretty tough to beat. I think even um, Patrick Reed has almost had the same, same yep. almost like the identical except yep. for the swap on the wins. Yeah. They've had almost like the identical finishes over the last sort of three or four years in terms of like finish high, finish high, top 10, one out, and then a, then a win. Definitely. And he's, I think him, uh, Reed and Ram, where they correlate as well, really well around scrambling. here is scrambling and putting on power. The guys yeah. that like power, like power, and the guys that don't, just don't. So you're going to see the greens, are obviously they're going to be perfect first thing in the morning. They're going to be flat. Uh, they're going to be rolling absolutely to perfection as the day goes on. The power will sort of shred up a little bit. They're going to get a little bit more bumpy, so it's going to be a little bit tougher. I read a stat uh, this week. It was, a, it was a really good stat. I liked it. When you're looking at, say, first-round leaders, so it's something like 3%, a 5, five to 10-foot putts, you're 3% more likely to make it if you're playing in the morning versus the afternoon. And then it's two percent better on two to four two to four foot parts if you're playing in the afternoon. So that's just doesn't sound like a lot, but when you get those percentages out on on each of those parts, it's, it shot. does stack up. Yeah, one definitely. or two shots here. Yeah. yeah. So so all that stuff stacks up. And the last one, 
Rocket will quite enjoy is that I can see going well this week is uh, old mate Price, and I think uh, he's. <laughs> I, I think uh, his length's going to help. Look, the lottery lie. It's, it's a it's a Kikuyu with overseeder with rye rough, so it's going to sit a little bit higher or a little bit lower. It's going to be choppy in the rough, but I think with the distance that he's going to have. Um, I think he could have a, a reasonably good week. They're, they're, the, they're the three that I could see at the pointy end late. Rock is shaking his head for everyone listening. Well, <laughs> for those for those listening, you know, you, if you see the photo on, on Instagram that we, we, we take and post after this, you know, he's got that famous uh, image in his background of we've basically got his face covering Brooks, rolling his eyes with Bryson mumbling under his breath. He's got that – imagine that. He's got that as his background. And, you know, it is it is the – a little, you know, ode to Brooks. Uh, have you got a like a tribute corner for Brooks up there at um, Rocket Central? No, everyone just needs to go to my Instagram feed and they can see my little um, stories where I save it. It's just called Brooks Love. Brooks Love. Okay, there you go. That's uh, that's the modern shrine to to Brooks that Rocket, uh, since learning Instagram uh, a couple of years ago, has uh, has created. So, um, what do you think about uh, Mike's chat on Bryson? Look, if he's contending and doing dumb stuff, it's just going to be more content for me. Like, uh, look, if he's con- – I don't want him to win because, look, I, I said this to one of our friends. I said, um, you know, he said, oh, Bryson isn't that bright. I said, no, he's he's now as thick as his thickness. Um, I had a 45-minute video talking about the thing that was changing his world in terms of – Muscular neuroscience, like, like, and then I've watched the video of him with um, uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Phil Mickelson. And look, here's the thing: Bryson's that Bryson is the kid that probably has been stuffed in a locker for his whole life. Like watching this, just go and watch this video. And the first five minutes is so cringeworthy. He tries to sledge Phil and Phil destroys him. Then Tom Brady comes in and destroys him. And Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be his teammate. is sitting there just going, he's not having a bar of it. It's not even coming in to defend him. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. So he's, he's just going to provide more content for me. It's fantastic. Make me laugh. Uh, Here's the thing. Look, yes, he's going to have lots of distance, but the thing is I, I reckon it's now just gone beyond the way I, I look at the memorial. Like here's the thing, unless he has a – if he has a streaky week with his wedge game and his putter, he'll contend. But Definitely. the thing is, though, you never know when that's going to happen. And it might happen this week, but at the same time the rough – at Tory is completely different to the rough that was Wingfoot. The rough at Wingfoot, yeah, it was thick, not as thick as normal, but also it was very sparse because of the time of the year. Here, it's juicy Lucy. Yeah. It is going to be nice and thick. So if he misses it, he's going to have nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And and this course is not is not built on angles. It's just a public course. It's actually quite boring. It's not built on angles or anything like that. You just kind of just need to be in the fairway or just be in an okay spot, hack it out and have a decent short game. But when you, you know, you're trying to chip around the greens with a, with a sand wedge that's a length of a driver, like, yeah, do you have any touch? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, 
So you're not factoring him in, or you're just got you just you just look. He probably might contend, but mm. actually, I actually think this course. No, I'm not going to say it because last time I said it, he won. So <laughs> uh, before we, before we go to others with you, Rocket, we joked uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I said, look, you know these two boys that you're setting as your background in front of uh, for charity. You know, we're not condoning violence, but for charity, just sort it out. All right? No, no, no. This is this needs to go on for months and months <laughs> and well, months. Well, what I was this saying. This is all about a story. You've just got you've got to have this little feud. I don't want them to play even together until it's one of those things where it actually just happens because they're paired in the in a in a group in the third or the final round. Because it, it has to, yeah. Um, I tell you what, if it is, oh my goodness, oh my <laughs> goodness, I'm going to be so excited because you know what, Brooks is going to drive Bryson mental. He's going to drive him mental. What I was going to say is we had a listener, uh, Ginger Ninja, um, and shout out to Ginger Ninja, uh, support me on that concept, you know, boxing gloves, ring, charity match, you know, just have some fun. But then Kevin Kisner, he sort of said, uh, you know, we should, they should get some pay-per-view happening. So Kevin Kisner's, uh, you know, down the same, same channel. He'd be happy there, drinking beers with his mates, just watching. Oh, Kiz, I love Kiz. He's a champion. I love Kiz. I love Kiz. Anyway, it's it's providing some, uh, as you say, some fodder for the eyeballs of us golfers. And from whatever whatever you think of either of those two guys, it's it's got the newspapers, you know, all the all the you know the new newspapers, the the social media newspapers of golf world turning over with some. Mm-hmm. Content, you know, the four to the who watches anyone watch four to the tour on that Instagram page for for the tour, the one where they uh, do oh, yeah. put the faces on front on the front of the the movie sets and then dub over the, the some of the stuff there that they've done with these two guys is quite chuckle worthy. <laughs> um, have a look at it if you want the rocket for the tour. Um, okay, who else? Rocket. Um, I think Mike makes a good point around the power. So, you know, is this is this potentially a Colin Morikawa course? You know, he's shaky with a flat stick, but at the same time, if it's getting a bit dodgy on the greens, maybe it's one of those things where in his head he might just go, you know, it doesn't really matter how I'm putting. Like he showed that at um, Harding Park, which is the same sort of greens. So he's grown up on it and long straight driving and stuff like that. It could be... It could be in his wheelhouse. Um, the other person of I'd mentioned Patrick Reed. I actually think this would be the one that I could see him contending in. Um, he was, I think, wasn't he thirty six hole leader at um, at Wingfoot? I'm not mistaken, or am I thinking another year? I can't remember. But it, you know, recently he was contending. Actually, I think it was Wingfoot. I think you're right. So, and you know, he's. He's put a fell away sort of in the, you know, the last 36 holes. And then I don't know, call it sentimental. I think after Kiwa, you know, he's, he's my man lefty. You know, is he going to, this is, this could be the, this could be the one. This could be career, the one. Career grand slam. Career glance, career grand, grand, grand slam. You know, Oh, some of the actually, you know, some of the videos he's been posting since he's won that is just hilarious. Like the Amstel ad, like has anyone seen the Amstel ad he did? When guy comes over and he goes, "Oh, Phil, I don't, 
you know, I struggle to find friends. And Phil goes, yeah, so do I. I'm just the most, um, I'm one of the uh, legends of golf and one of the most amazing golfers on the planet. And I also struggle to find friends, hands him a beer. And then the guy went to start talking with Phil and then Phil's phone rings and all of a sudden he's like talking about organising a barbecue with like 20 different people. And then he goes, oh, what were you saying again? It's just gold. gold. Is there any money for Phil, Mike? Is there any you know, sentimental money? Rocco Mediate style? There would be sentimental money. I think um, I was talking to a friend of mine just before, young Scott. He he actually likes him this week. I think that if you had a looked at him, I think pre-PGA, he was floating around. He was 150. 150. If you wanted to bet him on Betfair, you could have got probably 700. You know, like yep. he would have been right your own ticket. So he probably would have been three, 400 for this then that obviously once he wins that trims right up i would I say I, I think i got him at 80 there you go so really i'm on <laughs> so i can tell you that he's he's floating on betfair so that's the main trading one where you, you, you sort of get the bigger odds he was around 300 uh once he won he trimmed right up down to 60 uh, and now he's sort of floating somewhere between 90 and 100 to 1 so still for someone who obviously won a major last start, that's pretty good odds if you like him. Yeah. Yeah. Can you take him in top 10? Would you, can. What would you get yeah. for top 10? I can probably tell you. Uh, he's, he, I'm going to be guessing he'd be around top 10 actually, probably about $7, I'd guess. I've got my phone in front of me. $7.50. Oh, nice. That's not very good. I bet too much. <laughs> no, nah, because one of the ones I know that I, I, I was just using the extrapolating out because a guy that I liked for top 10 was um, Answer again, and he was $6. So I know he's around 50-ish, 55 to one. So uh, I knew at about 100, he'd be about the same or a little bit more. You always open to be hard for a top 10 because you're usually going to have those couple that are just you you don't expect yep. to just appear, in, appear at the top, right? Yep, and and it's one of the smallest to make percentages to make the cut. So you, you're seeing off at 155 people, yep. and that gets whittled down to whatever it is, top 60 in ties. So it's yeah, you're going to be doing well to get through to start with. Are there any names that stand out to you that might be in that bracket of you know watch this space? You know these random top 10, top 20 sort of people come Sunday. Anyone that if we fancy there. Uh, random ones, uh, like the guys, the guys that I like that are around the mid range odds that people can get pretty good odds to run a top 10 or a top 20, uh, uh, Scotty Scheffler and Paul Casey. So Scott Scheffler last year went into Wingfoot as a, as a guy who I think a lot of people were looking to bet and he ended up, um, testing positive to COVID and couldn't play. So he, he, he probably is due a reasonable run at a US Open. Oh, because um, he finished he had the he finished fourth in the PGA not long before that either. Two yeah, he, right. he was going in with great form. Then in DJ's Masters, he finished nineteenth. Hideki's he's finished eighteenth, and then he finished eighth at the PGA when Phil won the other week. So third at Memorial. He's got a lot of good stats that that stack up pretty well with the ones that I'm looking at. So and he's around fifty to one. So that, that's that, that's a, a solid bet. And Paul Casey, I mean, he's the last few years he's he's come back to 
his best uh, again. What about Happy Gilmore's caddy? Happy Gilmore, look, Happy Gilmore's caddy is, he is a freak. It's as simple as that. Like the numbers that, that Will Zalatoris puts up for a guy who doesn't officially have a PGA Tour card yet is How's that Garrett, Gar- oh, oh, Hungry Hungry Higo is now a PGA Tour <laughs> member. <laughs> and so, Will Zalatoris still, still, still doesn't have a tour card. No, he's, he's, um, he is, I think, uh, the data golf guys that run a lot of stats, and I think the no laying up guys have talked about, especially Solly, is that they rate him for a long, long time as one of the best players, best, best strokes game players, one of the best players in the world. So he's right up there. And, and since he's turned up and started playing, he hasn't missed a beat. He's certainly someone. Yeah, well, he finished, um, sixth in the US Open last year. And this was uh, yep. the start of that run where he's, you know, scoring enough points. He did to, to continue playing and kind of get that temporary status. Did because I had him at I had him twelve to one to finish top ten and I backed him at I think it was I want to say it was about hundred and fifty to one each way I had him and oh. uh, look I, at no point did I really think he was going to win but um, yeah I was quite comfortable cashing cashing the top ten. But yeah, that was the that US Open because he he got the. He got an invite because of they had no US Open qualifying and stuff like that. So it's one of those. This is the perfect example of there's certain players that are on the on the web.com tour that should be just, yep. You know, the tour just needs to elevate them because they're just that's it. Know. And they've all had to stretch out now without that that recut and the and yep. the elevation. So I mean, obviously yep. he just walks in next year. But I think uh, the funny part about him, slightly off topic, is when it comes to this year, I don't think he can qualify for FedEx Cup. So no, he has to win. He has to win. So he's probably ranked, if he was getting ranking points, he'd probably be close to top top 20, top 15. No, I think after, I think they were saying after the Masters, he was like fourth. There you go. <laughs> and he can't play. No, he can't play. <laughs> Actually has to win. There you go. Unbelievable. Uh, well, while we're talking about uh, guys from the US, so anyone else that stands out? Rocket, anyone? Uh, look, I still feel like I'm, I'm going to ride this, continue to ride this horse, and it's the Max Homer horse. Yep. That's fair you enough. Know, he, I don't know, again, it feels like there's little bits and pieces that are kind of haven't, hasn't quite put it all together yet, and I feel like maybe, you know, and especially hasn't put it together in a major, and I think, um, I don't know, having his man Joe back on, back on the bag, you know, I think Bones probably had a few words to him, stuff post PGA. I don't know. Long, long straight, long. It requires a lot of good long driving. He's not going to have to hit a lot of draws. So, I don't know, he just needs to be in a good headspace and just get off to a good start. And mm-hmm. I reckon he might just needs to build some confidence, I think. Yeah. No, definitely. Look, for me, the, the only two others that I sort of think, one one's a shorter end is obviously Xander from that part of the world, uh, obviously has a, a substantial game. Um, he probably just needs to win something big. You know, he's, he's won big big tournaments before. He's on match, um, World Golf Championships, but but I think he, he's, he really needs to win a major soon. Um, and one at substantially long odds is um, who could run a top 20 is someone like for me is, is Ryan Palmer. He's about 176 to one to bet. So he's someone that um, 
he's finished second at Torrey Pines twice in their tournaments. His stats looking at him run up okay. And I know that the, the super that, that runs the course was talking a bit about the, the 2018 uh, Farmers Insurance year Jason Day one as, as something that was probably the best one that they'd had and it was running well and being hard and fast. It sounded like he, he had an inkling that that was kind of what they want the course to be like. So if, if Palmer's running second there, uh, it could be a good lead-in for someone that, that might run and run okay at odds. So leaderboard. Actually, I'm pull up the leaderboard from that one. That'd be interesting. I wrote, only wrote down a handful of names. I, you can look, you can fill in the gas, but Jason Day one, uh, Palmer second, Keegan was fifth, Finau was sixth, Leash was eighth, and Rose was eighth. So they yeah, were the, the key go. names. Yeah, well, Leash is, Leash is always – well, Leash has already – he only won there a couple of years ago. Yeah. And performed there already pretty well. I know Justin Rose has always performed well there. Yep. Now, oh, the other person as well, you know, top 10 Tony – He's performed yep. there well. He's been in the top 10 during the Farmers all the time, so it's a major. So, you know, maybe bank him for a top 10 again. Um, oh, you, and then you got the on the pace car. Yeah, he's Tony Fidel's form at the Farmers is exceptional. Yeah. So going from this year backwards, 2nd, 6th, 13th, 6th, 4th, 18th, 24th. Almost so like Patrick Green Ram. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, what about the European contingent? Good, uh, you know, reasonably strong European field. All the big names that you'd expect there, are sort of there. Yeah, I uh, look. I, I, I'd probably cheat if I was going to pick my top Euro and pick Victor Hovland. But yeah, it's, yes, uh, he, he's he's he is a sensational talent. Your games improved immensely. Definitely. That, and that was always the problem. He's, he yeah. just was quite yippy, but he seems to have put that to bed, which is good. When you say Chad, you because you see him more as a US based player now, is that? Yeah, effectively. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he's only going to be on one team on the Ryder Cup, and it's not going to be the USA. But I still don't see him necessarily as someone that I'd say from a European tour. If you never, if you never knew, and uh, you know, you look at his name on the sheet, and you see the the uh, the flag next to his name, you'd, you'd double you'd double glance at it, wouldn't you? No, definitely. Uh, what about the UK guys? What about the guys from? Uh, uh, the English fellas, you know, you've got Tommy, Westy, Tyrrell, Fitzpatrick. Actually, what, hey, Mike, is, is, is did Tyrrell pop up in any of his stats? Pretty much it's, it's when I ran my, when my um, numbers through the system, uh, he's probably sits around top 30. He's side by side with Rory in the numbers. Yeah, okay. So mine goes down to a decimal point. It's, it's hard to explain, but effectively, once it gets multiplied out, it goes to a decimal point. So, this, and the number will mean nothing, but Rory's is, Rory's ranked ten point eight three, and and Tyrrell's ranked ten point eight. So they're they're side by side, and if you look at their stats, um, they're, they're both looking pretty good across the board in a lot of key stats. Uh, but then they have a few that I'm looking at the way they don't sort of fit. So something like Rory, he's ranked one hundred and fifty eighth in scrambling, which obviously drops him down the order, and in bogey avoidance, he's one hundred and thirty third. But he's second in driving distance, so and tenth in strokes gained off the tee. Tyrrell, he's someone that's kind of around the mark in that fifty to sixty rankings. But then when you look at something like greens in regulation or being in the fringe um, coming in, he's ranked one hundred and first. So it's they've got the numbers that are there, and like anything else, all the numbers that you can run in the world, they're based on pure averages, so it can point you in the right direction. But 
And no. is that purely from US tour stuff, those averages? Purely well? US tour, yeah. yeah. So it's not going to pick up what Tyrrell does over in Europe and stuff no, like that, correct. right? Correct, correct, correct. Because he's, he's actually, so from a tee to green, he's actually he's actually quite quite good tee yep. to green, is, is young Tyrrell. Um, it's more about is, he, it's, is his head or it's his putter. Yep, yep. And look, like I said, stats are, the stats for me are a good lead. Yeah. I think we talked about Morikawa before. So if you look at someone like Morikawa, in any given week, his strokes gained approach is number one by the length of the straight. Yeah. But his putting is always on average is quite poor. Yeah. If he has a week where he putts well. Like a memorial. Correct. He was going to either win or go very close. That's not going to show up in the stats because on averages, he just doesn't putt well. Yep. Like a Hideki, same, same sort of number. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 What about Sergio Rocket? Another one of your favourites? <laughs> make the cut? Will Sergio make the cut? No. Would you believe he came up number one in my rankings of all the stats that I looked at? So really? I, have, I haven't bet him. I, 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 it's, it's, so I looked at ball striking, scrambling, strokes gained off the tee, greens in regulation and fringe, driving distance, bogey avoidance. He finished, he's ranked 9th, 21st, 2nd, 6th, 17th, and 36th. So he's, he's average. Let's remember before the numbers I gave were around that 10 points. He's 2.49. He's half a point better in mine at the top of the market. So once you overlay his form and ne- not necessarily just his stats for this year, obviously that would drop him down where you want to bet. But, yeah, it's funny. He, he was one that I uh, – is one of those ones a little bit like um, Charlie Hoffman when we did the PGA one that I sort of – what are you doing at the top of this, yeah. top of this list? Yeah, so, I'm just yeah. looking at his finish. So he's just gone in the Schwab. Last event he played was a Schwab and he finished T20. Hmm. And he had four miscuts in a row. Hang on. Is that the right? Yeah, no, that's the right one. Sergio. Oh, that doesn't seem like it's right. So, Mike, no. what, what do you get if you uh, outlay some shekels on uh, Sergio at the moment? Oh no, Mike's frozen again. <laughs> uh, sorry for the breaking transmission with Mr. Caridi people, but uh, he'll be back with us in a minute. Uh, Tree, trees fell across his internet line. <laughs> I'll just put some music <laughs> music on for your listening convenience, and here we go. You should take a photo of that. It's uh, the blue steel pose. He's <laughs> <laughs> back. Oh, we just had to put the music on, uh, Mike. You are going to need your own. If you're going to keep dropping out like that and dropping, we're going to have to get your own music, all right? So we're going to have to play it. (laughs) I honestly, it's, I've been on this all day. No issues at all. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Um, Yeah, so I was just looking at Sergio's in it. Um, Doesn't look like he's played a lot. No, no, he hasn't. He's. No, he hasn't. He's um, he obviously hasn't been overseas. I don't know whether he, he hasn't had any. Has he had his second child or anything like that? I think. I I reckon. Do you know what? Maybe maybe he's been working with um, also with um, you know some of the people that need his advisors. You know, maybe he's been consulting for them, so he's been <laughs> yeah. playing less. Yeah, I mean, there. he since the I mean the players is a long time ago. So he finished ninth there, fifth at the match play, cut at the Masters, fifth at Heritage, 
then back-to-back cuts at the Byron Nelson and the PGA and then 20th at Charles Schwab. It's not horrendous form. Was it fifth at the Heritage? I'm looking on the world golf rankings and saying he missed a cut. Um, unless mine's looking up the wrong data, but yeah, it could be. Unless, unless I got last year's Heritage number there. But he, he's his form isn't... No, it's such it's it's so many weeks ago. It's hard to tie it in, no matter what. Like yeah. he's had, you know, some missed cuts in the twentieth. Not exciting me. His stats say he should go okay, but um, yeah, again, probably he's one of those ones with a putter that depends on the week. If that putter turns up, he, he could quite easily go well. Yeah, look, I reckon he's he. I I think he and his advisors have been spending a lot of time with JT in twenty twenty one for the uh, the justification tour. So that's probably why he hasn't played that much in uh, 2021. He's probably been spending a little bit more dedicated time with um, other people on how to re- restore their reputation. So uh, here's another little bracket of uh, that we should look at. Who wins out of the? Who wins the battle between South Africa and Australia? Seven players representing each country. Who do we? South, uh, South Africa. South Africa got us covered. I think you think so. There's a there's a fair degree of quality in the uh, South African lineup at the moment. To be fair, um, oh, if the mattress king isn't in the top fifteen, I'll go he. So we've got Tommy Aiken, can play. Nin uh, Arbor, um, can play. Who else we got? Uh, hungry, hungry Higo. Hungry Higo, can play. Eric Van Ruyen can play. Christian Bezoidenhout, Charles Schwartzel. Not a uh, Brandon Grace, yeah, the mattress king, yeah, not a bad team, no, and it's a little bit. It's a, it's always been one of those things. The Aussies and the South Africans always seem to do well on that West Coast, so it, it could be a good good fight. But yeah, I think looking at the Aussies that are there, um, we've got a few. Obviously, current A graders, Cam Smith and probably Leash. All we need is a couple of Aussies and South Africans contending on the leaderboard, and we'll get to hear about get to hear Paul Azinger talking about Kokuyu in Australia and New Zealand <laughs> all day and all telecast, and how the Australians and the South Af- and the South Africans played on the Kokuyu and the thick rough and the Kokuyu. <laughs> they've they've trained and practiced for this. <laughs> Not that you can sense that well, I think Paul Azinger is a. Bag. Was the was the reason why I brought up our uh, friends over the other side of the pond there in South Africa because uh, you know similar somewhat conditions as you rightly point out, Rocket. Um, well, let's talk about the Aussies. Interesting field. So no J Day. Didn't make it. Didn't make no. it along with no. uh, Rico Fowler. Hmm. Yes, I think J Day tried to qualify maybe a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, yeah. and uh, withdrew with the back. Um, and that no, was no. Apparently, he 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 had another opportunity, but um, he went and did a net jets ad instead. Sponsor, yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, millionaire lifestyle—that's what you do, right? <laughs> and uh, Rick, and I know Ricky was close. Yeah, we well, missed by one shot, I think, in his in his um, yeah his last couple of holes. I was yep. speaking to our friend uh, uh, over in Scotland. And uh, he's getting um, updates on the ground. He's very close. Like um, Mr. Fowler is kind of finding a groove. Swing stuff is starting to come in almost. So our friend friend in Scotland is a friend, uh, schoolboy friend of Ricky's uh, caddy. Yeah. Scoff. 
So um, that's that's the connection there. So Rocket's got a direct line into Ricky's caddy now. Nice. I'm connected. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we've got um, my mate Wade Ormsby over there, as courtesy of his uh, standing in the uh, Asian tour. Very well done. Brad Kennedy's playing as well. Brad Kennedy. Mm. So uh, one. Stevie Allen's playing. Stevie Allen. Allen get in. He must have qualified. Must have just done a prequal. He did. His son's caddying for him. He is. How good is that? You'd, you'd remember Stevie Allen, would you not, uh, Mike? I do. I think, uh, how, let's stretch my memory. Did he win the Aussie Open at Victoria when they called off after the Greens blew out and on the on the Thursday? I think. I believe, I believe so. I think he won the Aussie Open that year. Yeah. I definitely remember. Babyface assassin or whatever they used to call him. He's looking a bit he, old. He, 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 was like, he was like Cam Smith before Cam Smith. <laughs> he's the original Cam Smith. Yeah, yeah he's the original yeah. Cam Smith. <laughs> a year off, he's like uh, qualifies for the Champions Tour this year or next year. So uh, if you Played, can... um national of a national amateur golf. Good fella. Do you know him? Good. good. Oh, not, per- not sort of personally, personally, but, you know, admired from a distance. Very, very good ball striker. And that's why I say the Cam... He's like, it's almost like Cam Smith. Like, the swings are not that they're not that far apart. Good to see him in there. I'm not sure that he'll make the cut, but uh, anything could happen over there because he's got that experience on the Kaikou because he's from Australia. Is that right? Is that how it goes? Yeah, the Kaikou. Uh, who else? Um, but I'm not looking forward to this telecast, NBC having it back. Um, Paul Eisinger does my heading. No, we, we know that, Rocket. That's why I rub, rub that into you. Who's going to be the top Aussie, uh, Mike? Leash. Leash is oh, a sorry, good I'm not I'm not Mike, but <laughs> no, no. I, look, I, I would I would say that if I was if I had to have a bet for my life, I'd say Cam Smith. If I had to have a bet with my heart, I'd probably say Leash just on his form there. But because I like betting bigger odds, I'd probably have a sneaky bet on Matt Jones, um, another one who likes that US West Coast courses and can sort of turn from a guy who's. Um, showing little glimpses to showing really hot form overnight. So, yeah, I think for me it's easy to bet, you know, the, the top couple, but I, I wouldn't – if I was going to have a bet or a multi or something like that, I'd probably throw in Matt Jones. Adam, not carrying the form? No. No. Nah, look, at his best, he's he's easily right there, but he just haven't seen it in such a such – a, I mean, so I would say such a long time. He won – what he won the um, Genesis two years ago, uh, before the year before um, yeah, Max two, Homer. But, two, yeah. years, two years is a lifetime. It, it really is. Yeah, he, he's done next to nothing for ages. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to f- throw in my couple of uh, you know values in there. I'm going with the uh, top Scott. I'm going back on Big Shot Bob. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you know Rusty Knox uh, or Big Shot Bob. I'm going Big Shot Bob. Uh, top, <laughs> pretty 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 low odds for the top Irishman, Shane yeah. Larry or Shane Larry. So I can't. Uh, Rory, oh, they're not counting Rory in there. North. They got Irish or they got Great Bitten and yeah, yeah they split it out. Rory's from Rory. Well, he he crosses the he he represents he represents Ireland, but he's Northern Irish, right? So, but yeah. he doesn't he doesn't in, in the figures here he doesn't have his, the Irish flag next to him, but he does wear both. So I I get that, but um. Shane, and um, I'm going to say that uh, 
What am I going to say? I'm going to say that Amolinari is going to finish. Uh, oh, top, Itali- top Italian, top Italian, Amolinari. Yeah. Oh, it's a solid bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's only three: Guido Migliozzi, uh, and uh, but uh, the point is uh, that I make is Dodo Molinari back in the field after yeah. a long absence from that level of golf. Good on you, Dodo. Yeah. What about uh, top lefty for you, Roscoe? You got. Higo, Harmon, Mickelson, Watson, and Bobby Mack. It's actually a pretty good market. It's favourites three twenty five, and Bobby Mack's the outsider at five fifty. So it's it's toss a coin between the lot. Ooh. So is Phil is Phil the the low odds lefty? Nah, Gary Higo yeah, is right. the favourite. Yeah, Harmon three seventy five, Mickelson four fifty, Watson five, Bobby Mack five fifty. That's I think that's. Bit disrespectful to Bobby Mack, to be honest, <laughs> to be behind Bubba. Bubba's not playing well. No. Well, he doesn't like that course either. If I had to have a bet for my, as you say, the last bet I was ever going to have, um, I'd go Bobby. Um, and my heart would say Phil. Yep. Any like other? It. Any other little curly whirlies? <laughs> yeah. The only other ones that I, the only other one that I have already put on. Um, is first round leader. So like we talked about before around the um, power greens, I, I want someone who's going to putt on them early. Um, the wind's not going to be substantially difficult, but it is going to obviously be lighter first thing in the morning, the best of the greens. And someone that stacks up really well in my uh, models and goes quite well first thing in the morning or any, sorry, in his first rounds, that's Jason Kokrak. He's around 60 to one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he stacks up. Here we go. Rocker's got it up. Yeah, there you go. Rocker's got him down. Smart man. Yeah, no, he's got some form happening as well. So um, yep. Yeah, right. Rocket. Any other little furfies for you, mate? Nah, I'm just looking at some of the groups, and there's some there's some good groups, and there's some funny ones. You know, Ian Poulter's playing with Texas Walker and Ryan Palmer. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, roll down. Actually, I saw another one, Danny, before. There's Reevee, Richard Bland, and Troy Merritt. It's like, who's going to hit it the shortest? Um, oh, Westy's playing with Stewie, Stewie Sink, and uh, Paul Casey. That's a good group. Yeah. It is. You got Will Zalatoris, Scotty Sheffer, and Jordan Spieth. Jeez, let's go for the Texas natives. I was going to say, that's the Texas group. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, Leash is playing with Ram and Reed. Oh my god! Oh. Do yeah. Leash, that'll do Leash's head in. Yeah, Patrick Reed is going to do a lot of people's heads in. Uh, and then Matty. Oh, actually, Matty Jones is playing with um, Man of Steel and um, Cam Smith. It's not bad. It's a good. Good group. Then got. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Louis and Sung Jaim, two of the faster players on the planet. Have a guess who they're paired with. Postcard. Patrick Cantley. Oh, right. oh, oh, that's going to Oh, my God. The slowest man. Slowest man on the planet. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Actually, who's Bryson paired with? I have on reliable authority that the – USGA had to ring one of the two's managers to just to double check that they did.
didn't want to be or shouldn't be paired together. And it was confirmed by one of the two's management mm. team that no. Who? I heard that as well. Someone reported that Bryson. USGA called up, was it Bryson? Yeah, Bryson, yeah. yeah. And Bryson said no. But then Bryson's manager came out and said, no, no, not true, but who knows. I always thought it was regulation that the previous year's winner played with the USAM USM and then the winner of the last Masters. majors. Yeah, the Masters. And that's what they've got. Yeah. So I, I reckon it's – here's the thing is – it. You wouldn't want to do it in the US Open because the PGA should, Tour should have already done this sort of stuff, and I'd rather it happen organically than being forced. Yeah. Um, so if that was reported, I reckon it's, I don't know, someone's making some stuff up. There's no way the USGA would even try and entertain doing something like that for their tournament. You know, they're not a, you know, they're not the WWE. Um, it's much more fun sitting there at the end of the second and third rounds if they're close. Trying yeah. to do the sums on, well, hang on, this guy was in first. So he's going to play. Oh, hang on, is Bryson going to Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. Trying to think if there's seen any other notable sort of groups. DJ, Rory, and Justin Rose. Oh. Good group. You know, Dustin could be looking for Rory's golf ball, and I reckon the way Rory's playing, he's just completely lost it. Speaking of looking for golf balls, slightly off topic, did you see that there was a fight this week on the um, on the uh, Monday qualifying between yes. two, two players? Yes. Yes. So did, <laughs> did, 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 you, did, did you read the story, how it went? No. So they I got, just saw the video and I just giggled. Yeah, yeah. so they, they got on the clock and uh, one of the players who was looking for a ball chipped the other player, young college fella, who was trying to qualify and uh, chipped, uh, he had his dad catting for him, so he chipped him and said, listen, mate, we can catch up if you help me look for my ball, or words to that effect. Mm. And uh, the banter came back, you know, we're not here to you know look for your ball while you're playing rubbish golf. Well, you know, another bit of a chip back, and then next thing it was on, like Donkey yeah. Kong, bang, bang. <laughs> And, and then press and press charges. Yeah, and, then, and then, the, the dad came in over the top of the putter, <laughs> and uh, they were escorted away by um, people from the the club. and uh, And they said, "Would you like the press charges?" And he went, "My bloody oath, I would, mate." <laughs> and uh, the, poor, the poor third bloke who shot off to the next tee to try and catch up time. He ended up having to have someone walk with him just so we get handy in a card. Yeah, because there was no one left. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Only in America. Um, actually, one that's just caught my caught my eye to keep an eye on. Back to business. Cameron Young. I don't know much about Cameron Young. No. He's another. He's another one of the young crew coming through oh. the Wills La Torres. Those guys. Hold on. He's just. He's had a couple of back to back wins. He's I think he's nearly secured his tour card. So he's been on the Corn Ferry. He's another one of those super talents. Is he the one who was the college? Teammate with Salasaurus? I think he was at Wake Forest, yeah. And I yeah. think he um, he won the College Player of the Year award or something like that. And, again, he was another one of those that have yeah. gone and toiled their way through. I'll just um, double-check Cameron Young. I'm pretty sure he went to Wake Forest with Will. Um, I saw Salasaurus uh, send a letter to someone or a video to someone this week around, you know, one more win and you get, uh, we can get Monday practice. Yeah, he's Black Forest. There he's, you go. Yeah, he's with um, Will Zell. They came through together. So he's another one. And I think, um, I think I another one I called out about six or seven months ago, Roscoe. <laughs> 
Just give yourself a rap there, Rocket, but deservedly so. Just have, just have an eye for just, talent. Uh, you you do well. That, that is regarded amongst the listeners. Uh, that's why people keep tuning back in, Rocket, because they never know when they're going to pick up the next big thing, but mostly it comes from you, mate, so well done. Uh, well, that's another hour and seven of uh, our finest uh, chin-wagging about golf. Um, Rocket, do you have any rabbit holes? Um, no. No rabbit holes prepared? No, no. there's probably plenty of rabbit holes outside that have been left from branches and stuff that fell down from trees and I wasn't able to sort of consume a lot of YouTube because, again, I had no internet. Okay. So, uh, Mike, uh, my thoughts are still, as you can probably see by my Instagram post, you can uh, follow me at Instagram at ross.flanagan.golf or at golf. Follow both. That would be a massive uh, help. Um, where can we get you at, Mike? Uh, Mike underscore Caridi. Uh Pretty much Twitter, Instagram, and everything else. Beautiful. And uh, Rocket, where can we get you at, mate? I don't know. Is it at InfoSec Rocket? At InfoSec Rocket. That's exactly (laughs) right. InfoSec Rocket. Um, I was going to say, Mike, you can see by my post today uh, where I posted Tom's Little Devil, uh, the seventh hole, 98 metres, par three off the terracotta uh, plates. Um, I think maybe you probably had a better count on this stat than me. I probably had maybe six shots at it. You know, by the time we had a couple of extra goes, did I actually hit the green? I can't remember. Did I hit the green? I think I did maybe once. I think you did once. I know that I had two, I think, 10 or 12-foot birdie putts and didn't make either, but I know uh, the cheese man did make one. He did he make one. He was the only one. He was his, you know, and I mean with, with the greatest respect, the worst golfer in the group by a a stretch, um, was the only one to put it anywhere near the, the pin and uh, drain the birdie putt. So that's congrats. It. I still reckon that's probably one of the best par threes on the planet. Mm. I remember I played there. It was funny. Played in the morning. I hit um, eight iron in yep. there. It was a little, little, little breeze in the afternoon. <laughs> I jumped all over like the lowest four iron ever and got <laughs> exactly. it to the front edge. Yep. <laughs> no, I, I said to the boys when we were there, I think, it was only playing an eye gap wedge or a sand wedge on one of the swings. But the last time I was there, the wind was straight into and I hit a hooded five iron. So <laughs> it's an unbelievable hole. And it's funny, you got the, is it the, uh, the par five, the fifth, the par five, the one down the hill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember playing that one in the morning and I hit like five iron into it in the afternoon. I hit nine iron over the back. <laughs> Well, the reason for introducing Barnburger right at the end there, and it's not, not a rabbit hole, but, Mike, uh, my thoughts are still consumed by the place. Uh, you've been 27 times now and I've been once. Um, you know, we should have a mile of a golf trip down there. We should start planning that. And the reason for trying it at the end at the hour and 10-minute mark, if you've listened this far and you have any interest in, uh, in it, you know, let us know. And, uh, yep. and, and I'm sure Mike, Rocket and I, we could, uh, you know, fill up another half of a plane. The Pilatus, uh, what is it? What's the choice of flight for uh, me, uh, Mike, down there? The Pilatus something or other. But I you did tell me about 5,000 times <laughs> when we were there, but I don't remember. That's the Pilatus I, I, PC-12. I, I'm, a fl- I'm a flying to Launceston and drive there, man. I'm the, I'm, so we've got all three options. I'm the eight-seater out of Moorabbin, um, you know, with no room to move for anything. Mike goes on. Mike goes on. was under the seat, pretty much. Yeah. Mike's, Mike goes on the, with the airline. That you have to wind the play, propellers up with yeah. rubber bands. I go on the Pilatus PC12 corporate jet, like the one that Jason Day would have been doing an ad for. And uh, Rocket has to go full commercial, probably, to, probably so he can sit in the the Qantas uh, lands there and get his requisite amount of uh, free uh, cheese biscuits and um, Bogues Lager before he goes. Um, but uh, we should uh, we should consider uh, 
you know, when the winter yeah. gets past us and, and maybe going back down there again and, and putting something on and uh, see if we get a MLOG tour down there. What do you reckon? I'm in for that, definitely. Got to see, uh, got to see uh, Boogle Run. Absolutely. Um, yes. <laughs> we were going to go and walk it. Yeah, not, not after 40 holes, though. <laughs> just couldn't walk. No, yeah, 40 holes, I wasn't walking any further. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. All right, guys, thanks very much. I do appreciate your time, your efforts, uh, all, as we joked about before, unrewarded, just out of the passion and the love of the game, and that's what we're doing here at My Love of Golf. Made Nike, Oakley, you all know where I am. <laughs> hey, well, I know someone who can hook you up with the latest Nike, and, and Mike down here is the um, the Nike uh, golf shoe aficionado, and, and I've started uh, wearing a couple of pairs of Nikes, and never have I worn Nikes in my life, and uh, and now I can get access to the Nikes, so all about the Nike. And quickly, just go back to a couple of episodes before when Ross and I were talking lyrically about the investments that we've made over the long term with Footjoy. I think they need to repay the faith. <laughs> What size are you, Rocket? Uh, ten. Ten, not ten and a half? No, ten. Oh, jeez. Okay. What size are you, Mike? Um, 11 US, ten and a half UK. Okay. Well, there you go. Just uh, remember the hat's blank for our people. That's ten, it. ten and a half, ten and a half. So there we go. That's it. Right, there's, some new, uh, there's some new Jordan uh, high top Nikes coming out this week for the US Open. So that'll be great. Aren't those things popular? They are fantastic. Unbelievable. Okay, we'll have a, uh, a Nike golf shoe um, talk one day other than this. Good luck with your US Open uh, punting tips and following and just watching uh, wherever you choose to get that information from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the My Love of Golf podcast. Woo!